Hey, good morning, playbookers. I'm Rogan Manavolin. It's Tuesday, September 14th, and this is your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. It's a rare moment when the Pacific Coast gets headlines in D.C., but it's Judgment Day in California. After his poll numbers started strong, fell precipitously, and then climbed again, Governor Gavin Newsom is on track to survive today's recall election. That is, if current polls hold. The spread, about 16 points. On the final night of the campaign, 538's polling average saw 57.4% of voters opposed to the recall, with 41.5% supportive of removing Newsom. The final LA Times poll released Friday showed opposition to the recall with a 21-point lead. A polling error of that size in an election of this magnitude would be historic. For what it's worth, Prediction Market Exchange predicted has the odds at about 6% that Newsom would be recalled as of early Tuesday morning. If Newsom prevails, he will have injected new life into his own political career, while also offering Democrats a potential strategy as they head into the midterm headwinds, tapping into vaccinated voters' frustrations with the ongoing pandemic. So far, when it comes to the reconciliation bill, fights over healthcare and taxes, which are still unresolved, by the way, have been the focus, while other major policy areas like climate have received little attention. But that's about to change. House committees have now marked up the key pieces of climate policy. And with the Senate's return this week, all eyes will once again be on Joe Manchin, who is chairman of the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee, is responsible for writing the single most important piece of climate legislation. It's a bill that could determine whether the United States meets an aggressive emissions reduction target scientists say is needed to avert global catastrophe. No pressure. Climate policy can be thought of as a math problem. Biden has committed the United States to reducing carbon emissions by 50% below 2005 levels by 2030. The whole ballgame for Democrats is putting together a package in reconciliation that achieves as much of that 50% goal as possible. Chuck Schumer recently said that the many policies put forward by Democrats, including in the BIF, would get the United States to about 45%. While there are a lot of interesting and important side debates about a civilian climate core, agriculture conservation, and even the proposed methane polluter fee, there are two major policies to watch. Together, they provide some two-thirds of the carbon reductions in the bill. The first is clean energy tax incentives. Nothing fancy about this one. Just use the tax code to massively ramp up the use of renewables. There are tax credits for renewable electricity, solar, nuclear. Renewable fuels like biodiesel and clean hydrogen for getting homes and businesses to run on green energy. For buying electric vehicles so that they'll be affordable as gas-powered cars. For electric bicycles and to create a greener workforce. The second is the Clean Electricity Performance Program. To climate policy wonks, this is the big one. The new CEPP would pay utilities that switch to clean energy and penalize utilities that don't. In the House bill, the threshold is 4%. Utilities get a big check from the government if they increase clean energy by that much each year, and they get hit with a fine if they don't. Here's the problem. Manchin, who's in charge of writing the bill, said on CNN on Sunday that he thinks the CEPP is a terrible idea because the switch to clean energy doesn't need a push from the government. The transition is happening. Now they're wanting to pay companies to do what they're already doing. Makes no sense to me at all for us to take billions of dollars and pay utilities for what they're going to do as the market transitions. We've proven that and we will continue to transition. The key to getting Manchin on board may run through the United Mine Workers of America, which opposes the CEPP. 
The union's president, Cecil Roberts, recently wrote to Manchin saying that his party's climate policies would kill coal and utility jobs in a state that relies on coal for 95% of its electricity and would have, quote, severe impacts on families, communities, and the local and state tax revenues. For what it's worth, climate activists would also argue that climate change would impact families and communities. But mine workers and environmentalists are poised for a big fight over how coal can be accommodated without severely diluting the bill's carbon reduction targets. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 1.10 p.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will leave Long Beach, California for Denver at 4.50 Biden will visit the National Renewable Energy Laboratory in Golden, Colorado, delivering remarks about infrastructure, climate, jobs, environmental justice, and his agenda at 5.30. At 7.10, Biden will depart Colorado, arriving back at the White House at 10.20. Here's what's on the vice president's calendar. At 7.10, Vice President Kamala Harris will speak at a fundraiser for Terry McAuliffe's Virginia gubernatorial campaign at a private home in Great Falls. Principal Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre will gaggle on Air Force One on the way to Denver. The Senate is in today. Secretary of State Antony Blinken will testify on Afghanistan before the Foreign Affairs Committee at 10 a.m. The House is out today. The Ways and Means, Transportation and Infrastructure, and Homeland Security Committees will hold markups on the Reconciliation Bill at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., and noon, respectively. One last thing before we get out of here. Politico's inaugural Tech Summit is coming on Wednesday, September 15th. The virtual summit will bring together policymakers, tech executives, activists, and researchers to discuss the most pressing issues defining the Washington and Silicon Valley relationship. To register, visit politico.com forward slash live dash events. For more news on what's breaking in DC right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Raghu Manavala and have a great Tuesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning.